I feel like I've seen too many companies or, or individuals try to do it themselves thinking that I guess it's going to save them money or whatever and it's like maybe you should have just hired a freelancer for that like someone who has the expertise and then you wouldn't have had to worry about it. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie. Today's episode comes by way of my email inbox. I had an email from a listener of my other podcast, Inside Marketing Design, which in case you didn't hear about that yet, it's a series where I'm interviewing other marketing designers in the tech industry about how they get their work done at their company. So good, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Pam. I didn't pay you to say that. (laughs) Anyway, this listener noted that in a lot of the episodes that I've released so far, the designers have talked about working with freelancers and contractors to, you know, sort of outsource or offload some of the day-to-day marketing design tasks. And they wanted to know how those working relationships were established, how like you start working with a freelancer, maybe what we look for as a company hiring a freelancer and uh, why we continue to stick with the same designer rather than sort of do it by project, you know. Uh, So I thought that's what I could talk about today on this show, because at ConvertKit, we like tend to hire freelancers for projects or like try and outsource work before we revert to resort, sorry, to hiring um, full-time on the team you know we see what we can do with freelancers and contractors first and see if we can make that work right so yeah I've worked with a lot and you know hired a lot of freelancers for project during that time and I thought that'd be interesting to discuss today fun should we start with a bit of a catch-up first I'm curious to hear how you're going I think things are kind of starting to open up back in Spain now I, I know you've been out and about a little bit how's your like routine and sort of settling in I guess to this new normal Yeah, things are opening up again, but I don't know if they should be, you know, cases are like rising again and I don't trust it a whole lot. We haven't really adapted much, Mark and I, what we've been doing as part of this. We're still staying home as much as possible, obviously making sure we wear a mask whenever we go out, which is like you have to do in Spain anyway. I think it's it's a law here. Mm -hmm. We did, however, big, big news, drumroll, please. We had two friends over on Tuesday night this week. (laughs) What? We have friends? We had them over? Yeah, it was great. Um, that was the first time we'd hung out in person with people like around our own age for like five months. <laughs> so Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. We kept it very like, you know, physically distanced. Yeah, but it was really good and it just felt really nice to sit on the terrace and drink some wine and, and have some chats. Totally. Yeah, I was uh, home alone for the first time the other day in, I guess, five, six months. Uh, my partner Owen went out to meet up with, I think, his team in a park for like a socially distanced little park hangout. And uh, yeah, I was home alone in the house and I was like, this is so weird. I haven't been like (laughs) home alone by myself for so long because we've just been in this like, you know, self-isolation situation together for better or for worse. Uh, So that was really strange. I, I realized I'd forgotten what it was kind of like to be alone. I don't know. Things are so weird at the moment. It's strange. Yeah, I know. I know that feeling well. I went by myself into like into town to look around some shops the other day by myself. And the whole time I was like sort of texting Mark things I was noticing because I'm just so (laughs) used to having him there to like point stuff out to and, you know, make little jokes to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very funny. What about what else have you been up to? Um, How's how's your week been? I've been doing a lot of camping. Uh, That's kind of been my 
thing to look forward to every second week we have a camping trip booked nice so i've been taking every second friday off which has been super nice in like this time of year with summer and everything uh so been doing a lot of camping uh we have our next one next week uh, a lot of hiking things like that i find like camping it's like kind of easy to be socially distant like they are like blocking off some of the campsites and like the shower blocks are unfortunately or fortunately closed um so you're kind of like forced to just like be isolated at your campsite i guess or like go for hikes and like usually there's not really many people on those hikes so i don't know it's been kind of like a nice hobby or activity to do during this period yeah it looks wonderful i saw on your instagram the other day that you went for a hike and there's dogs that followed you i was like what is this magical place? It was so <laughs> magical. It was so magical. Yeah, for context, people listening, we went on this hike in like a First Nation community. And I guess the the dogs there are just like free range in that community. They just walk around the, the village. And so we went to do a hike there and like three dogs just decided to come with us on this three hour hike. <laughs> I have no idea whose dogs these belong to, but there was like a sign at the trail saying like, don't mind the dogs, they're your guardian, they'll protect you from the bears, they're very friendly. It was probably the best walk of my life. Yeah, it sounds it. Anyway, let's get into the topic. So I know you have a little bit more experience, I think, than I do of not only working with freelancers, but also hiring freelancers. I guess let's start with like, what does that process look like? When do you get to that point where you're like, okay, we needed to hire a freelancer for this? Tell us a little bit about how that kind of comes to be. Yeah. So I would say that it comes about whenever there's, usually it's a project need is how it starts. We tend to start, you know, with a project that needs to be done. Capacity in-house is at, at max, or maybe it requires a skill set that we don't feel confident that we have in-house. And, and so we want to outsource it to a freelancer. Um, some examples of, you know, projects that we've used freelancers for at ConvertKit has been motion graphics, animation, like having our, our logo animated. Mm-hmm. Initially, we also outsourced blog imagery. So I sort of set the tone for it and started doing it. Then we thought this would be a great candidate as a project to outsource so that, you know, I could focus on other things. Um, so yeah, blog imagery and, and graphics and like blog resources, uh, downloadables, that sort of thing we outsourced. What else? Lots of landing page designs for our app itself, like templates to mm, use within the app. Right. We really like having a, a variety of different design styles and, and things to pick from. So using freelancers for that has been really great. Same with forms. Video as well. Uh, initially, we outsourced getting videos made, you know, highly produced docu-series and things mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that is is something that we we have outsourced to, to freelancers. Yeah, and um, right now... I am actually looking for a freelancer to work on the next version of our I'm a blogger book. Um, I don't know if you remember this fair more if our listeners do. Yeah, the coffee book, right? The coffee table exactly. book. Exactly. Coffee table book. Yeah. So this was a project that I worked on. Ooh, I think it was the year before last, actually. Like maybe it was two years ago. It was super fun to lay out a book and, you know, have done that. But it was not something that I wanted to do again. <laughs> it was a lot of work. Fair enough. And, you know, um, I just feel like someone who is a specialist in print design will probably do a better job than me this time around. Um, so that's what I'm, I'm looking for right now is to outsource uh, a freelancer for that work. So it sounds like your relationship with freelancers are project based. Is that right? Like you have a project, you... you 
like have a brief, you get the freelancer. Is that right? Or do they like kind of join your team indefinitely? It depends. So I think it starts off project based, but then sometimes things go great and we just see a need for it to happen longer term. Mm -hmm. Um, So the freelancer that I was talking about, Holly actually, who um, we hired for the blog imagery, now she works with us more on like a retainer basis. So she does whatever graphics we need that fit into these like hours that we have her on retainer for per month. Um, and that's really useful. The video producer that I said, one of the ones we outsourced there, actually he has now joined the team full time. We just, we saw his work and decided that oh. <laughs> actually it'd be really great to have a video producer full time on the ConvertKit team. So yeah, he's he's joined the team now. And I think we tend to reuse freelancers as well. Like Austin Saylor, who I hired for my own YouTube, you know, intro animation. He is also the person that I reached out to when I wanted to get the ConvertKit logo animated. Nice. <laughs> you know, he's like my go-to for that sort of motion graphics. Um, so yeah, mostly projects, but sometimes it turns into more to answer your question. So I guess, what are you looking for when it comes to a freelancer or how do you, how does this process work like it sounds like you have a little bit of a network like you go to p- some people directly because maybe you have a relationship with them or you know that they're really strong in a certain skill set or area what about when it comes to like when you don't have someone in your network and you need to kind of almost put out a, a job ad so to speak uh, what are you looking for what's what should people prepare for in that application? How does that maybe differ from like applying to a full-time job? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so usually, honestly, we do hire freelancers from like recommendations or a network. I'll often, you know, put out a tweet and I have a lot of designers following me who can either like, you know, make themselves known to me or recommend a friend who specializes in that skill set. That's usually how I come across people. We haven't run an application process for freelance designers before, but we've done it for other types of freelancers. We ran one for a social media like person manager, I guess is the word for that person who does that. <laughs> um, and someone for SEO as well. And it honestly wasn't super successful. Like I feel like it was kind of a bit of a waste of our time to run the process for that because we honestly ended up hiring the people who had been recommended from our network anyway. I see. <laughs> but we just felt like we had to do due diligence, you know, and run a full application process. But I don't know, whenever you do that, you get hundreds of applications. And so that creates a lot of work. Obviously it can be great because you could find the right person, but it also creates a lot of work. And I just don't know if that's necessary for a freelance project. I don't know. I'm kind of feeling like, I don't know, kind of feeling stuck right now though in this freelance position I'm hiring for the book designer. I have a few good ones on my list, but I just feel like um, I would like to get a few more, you know, on there to, to choose from essentially. And I am struggling to find people. It's hard to just type book designer <laughs> into Google <laughs> and, um, you know, find a really great person to come up. I've also been searching on Dribble looking at people doing print and editorial work on there to see if there's anyone that I'm interested in in contacting. That's been another way I've been looking for people, but definitely most of it comes through my network and comes through recommendations. And so, I don't know, you've heard, everyone has heard us harp on about networking and, totally. and building a solid network and word of mouth and how important it is before. But I mean, this is a living proof of it, right? That's mostly how we end up hiring freelancers. Yeah, so I'm wondering like if, 
someone has managed to get inside your network, so to speak, what's like the next step there? Like, let's say you had two book designers to choose between. What makes a freelancer stand out to you? Or what's, I guess, what are things that you're looking for that would kind of maybe give them a better chance of getting chosen? I think for a freelance project, I'm really looking for work that is extremely similar to the exact project that I want to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think this is where we it differs from hiring a freelancer to hiring someone you know, full-time onto the team, where if you're hiring someone full-time, you know they're going to be doing quite a breadth of different work. So it's good to see that range in a portfolio. But for hiring this designer for a book, I really want to see not just people who are skilled graphic designers who have done print work. I want to see people who have literally designed a book before, Right, you know, would be ideal for me because I know from having gone through the experience myself, how just it's different to laying out a poster, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. or a business card or that, that type of print work. It's very different. There's a lot of attention to detail you have to have. You have to be really good at setting up systems so that if you update something, it updates throughout the whole book. You know, so this isn't a project where it's going to be, oh, this could be your first book that you've designed and you could learn on the job, which it might be if you were in-house, which it was for me. You know, I'd never designed a book before, before I did it. But yeah, for freelancing, we really are looking to hire someone who is an expert, I would say, in in the project that we're hiring for. Making that known in your portfolio is a great suggestion. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is something we've talked about a lot on the show, right? Of like, just making it really clear what your expertise is in and really leaning into that it's uh I guess not that surprising to hear that when looking for a freelancer you're really looking for someone who you can reliably trust that they can do the job well like you want to see track record of them having done this Mm, before that's a good word unlike where if you're maybe hiring someone for full-time you're maybe a little bit more lenient like maybe you're hiring a bit more for potential or a bit more for opportunity like it's okay if you haven't done this before but we'll we'll give you the the support and time and training and resources internally to to do that which like I guess you did when you made the book Um, so Yeah, I think that kind of comes back to like just things we've talked about a lot where it's, you know, you really want to lean into like your level of expertise, what you're an expert in, your track record and really highlight that on your portfolio as a freelancer. Yeah. And as you were talking about the comparison between freelance and full time there, it made me think that it's also that when you're hiring for someone to join a team permanently, you're also hiring their like opinions and personality and all of that and seeing how they're going to contribute to the team dynamics as a whole, contribute to the company and the goals as a whole, you know, you're hiring much more than their physical skill set. And as a freelancer, I think there's a bit of that. Like, obviously I want someone who's going to be good to work with. And I want someone who's like fast and friendly in communication so that it's a nice working experience for both of us, you know, but, um, they perhaps don't need to have the the insight into the business goals and that sort of thing as is helpful for hiring someone in-house. Yeah. Yeah, totally. We, uh, when I was on the Amsterdam design team at Uber, we had a freelancer on our team and he was working like pretty much full time on our team. Like he was just like any other team member came into the office every day, et cetera, et cetera, like 40 hours a week. Uh, And I'm trying to think, I think from memory, initially we had a full-time role open, but we couldn't fill it. And so the free, like the freelancing was kind of the, the second option when we couldn't fill that role. We 
you know, knew this freelancer through our network and we were like, well, why don't you come on and help us out for now? Um, that ended up being, I think he was with us for two years. So <laughs> it was wow. uh, quite a long contract in the end, uh, for just a freelancer. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Like the whole time he was a freelancer, but to us, he just felt like another teammate cause he was so embedded and like worked pretty much full time for us. That is really interesting. I remember when I was at Zero in Wellington, we had a freelance contractor who would do like six weeks on, I don't know, three weeks off or something like that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So he would be like be in the office for six weeks working on a project for us. And then he would be off and traveling because he was British and visiting New Zealand. Yeah. And that was, he did kind of feel like part of the team as well, I guess, but it was a different situation because he was actually, you know, in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that, I don't know, what, was there any differences between this guy being a freelancer versus being on the team? Like, was there meetings he wasn't allowed to come to or, like, didn't need to come to because he was a freelancer? Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, subtly, though. Like, there were some hmm. things that he... Like, for example, I don't think he was allowed to attend our company All Hands meetings. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was, like, certain, like, things like that with for, like, security reasons or something. But it was very minor like I don't remember there ever being a situation where it was like no you can't join or no he has to stay behind or whatever yeah so I think it was more just like those kinds of weird security things that he would occasionally run into but other than that he was pretty much 100% a team member that's so interesting do you think that if he had wanted to join the team full-time that would have been like Uber would have been open to that. Oh yeah, I think they were asking him, and he okay. he was saying no, he wanted to keep his uh, freelance status. Right, that's so interesting. Stay a freelancer, but also be at the same company for two years, which is <laughs> kind of what someone would do if they're in a job. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was like, I uh, maybe this is like too much detail to go into, but he was basically part of this little freelance network with his friends. Ah, okay. And yeah. so, like, the money he was earning was going back into the pool. Uh, And so he didn't want to like break away from that little business that they had together. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's really interesting. A really interesting approach to things. I know that a lot of people do contracting like that, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. and find it very lucrative as a way of doing things. But it's really interesting that he was brought on not really for a project, just to be on the team. Um, Yeah, that's not the usual case, I don't think. Yeah, I think we were just really struggling to hire and we had so much work coming in that we didn't have capacity to to fulfill uh that yeah he just came on not necessarily to own any particular project but just to be part of the team and so he worked on different projects the whole time he was there and I think his contract was also not like in that case it wasn't project based so it was like uh time based I suppose yeah like a retainer yeah exactly yeah yeah it's interesting because I found that um Freelancing can be kind of like a test project, right, for joining the team right, full yeah. time. That's what's happened with our video producer, where I think we actually, that actually was kind of an application-based freelance process. We put out a call because we didn't have the right people in our network, you know, for that. And that one was successful because we found Henry and he's fantastic. Woo-hoo. And yeah, when we decided we wanted to add a video producer full time to the team, we did not bother to look elsewhere. We were like, we love working with Henry. We know he does guy. great work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, if he wants the job, let's give it to him. Totally. Yeah. And so that worked out really well. Yeah. And a few people who I've talked to in my Inside Marketing Design series actually have freelanced before ending up on a team full time, Mm. which is interesting. Yeah. Is that something that you would consider doing? I don't think so. 
I <laughs> am not interested in that freelance life personally. Yeah. I think that if I was, if I didn't have a job and I was looking for a job and a company wanted me to do a freelance project as kind of like a test, you know, like a trial run or whatever, then for sure. Um, that's actually what I did before I joined ConvertKit. They had me, hired me for a freelance project. I think that was mostly to do with the timing of it all. Like, you know, the UK has rules where you can't just up and quit your job immediately. You have to work out a oh, notice right. period. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it was mostly for that reason. But yeah, um, that was that was interesting. And I would do that again. But I'm just not interested in being a freelancer. <laughs> I like hiring them, though. It's fun <laughs> to work with them. I just don't want to be on the other side of it. <laughs> yeah. What, what, are you, what are the, like, perks of working with a freelancer for you? Like, what do you enjoy about working with a freelancer that you maybe don't get with a colleague? Ooh, I think because of the size that we are at ConvertKit, the really cool thing about working with freelancers is being able to have like a breadth of skills and styles and, you know, whatever we need without needing to, you know, pull from people on the team. It gives us more opportunity to expand on ideas and get cool stuff. Just recently, we hired a freelancer we both know, you know, Terrence Tang, Mr. Yes. Tinlun. Yes. He created a really cool graphic for us. Just, you know, really cool style, not something that I could do. Um, and it was just really cool that we have that now, you know, and that we worked with him on it. So I think that's really fun thing about working with freelancers is that they can really bring something new to your brand and, and to your project that, that you don't have internally. Yeah, it sounds like ConvertKit is like a well-matured enough company that like you have the ability to acknowledge when like, it's time to bring in a freelancer. Like, yeah, I feel like I've seen too many companies or, or individuals, like, I guess, try to do it themselves thinking that I guess it's going to save them money or whatever. And it's like, maybe you should have just hired a freelancer for that, like someone who has the expertise and then you wouldn't have had to worry about it. And, um, and that's something like I did personally, honestly, I don't know if folks noticed recently, I kind of got a new brand for my YouTube channel. I totally could have done that myself, but it would have taken me so long it would not be amazing because I'm not a brand or a marketing or a graphic designer these days and so I hired Holly to do it um, and so I don't know I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like it's interesting to see like when some people have the ability to notice and acknowledge like okay I'm not an expert in this I'm just gonna hire someone yeah and what's cool like that just made me think of another really cool thing about working with freelancers is new ideas and really pushing you out of your comfort zone with a brand especially when you work in-house I think that and you've probably seen this whenever someone new has joined your team at Uber you know that they bring new ideas and new perspective on things yeah and the same is true of freelancers when you're a small company you don't often get that you know, injection of fresh design ideas when you're not hiring designers all the time. And so, yeah, like when Holly started doing our imagery for the blog, it like, I don't know, showed, made me think of new ways we could be using our brand aside from the ways that I'd already done it because it's what she gravitated towards and, you know, started doing and putting her own spin on things, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Maybe we should end this episode with some advice. And I want to start with some advice for a company hiring a freelancer mm -hmm. is to let them be the expert in the thing that you're hiring them <laughs> for. You know, don't be too controlling. Of course, you're going to have your own ideas for things, but be open to new ways they might push your brand or, or do things a little bit differently to how you've already done them. You know, if you're truly looking to hire 
a freelancer and not just a production artist, you know, to churn things out in the exact way that you tell them to churn things out, you know, be open to that and uh, you'll probably learn a lot from it. That's something that it was struggle for me at first to give up because Mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's not what I would have done. (laughs) But um, yeah, often it can be for the better that it's not how I would have done it. So yeah, stay open to that. Totally. Yeah. I love that piece of advice. Um, Maybe we can include in the show notes for this episode links to all of the freelancers that we've mentioned. If folks are looking for freelancers to work with, uh, Charlie and I have both worked with some great people. So we'll leave links to freelancers we know in the show links if you're looking for someone to help you out with some design. Yes. I love that idea, Fem. And uh, let's end with some advice to freelancers who are hoping to establish a relationship with a company, um, you know, either for a project to turn into an ongoing basis, I assume is like the ideal for, for most freelancers, you know, to have repeat clients like that. I would say to listen out for any opportunities. Like when I put a call out on Twitter and I say I'm looking for a certain type of designer, absolutely you should make yourself known if you think you fit that. And not just for me, but I mean for anyone, you know, looking for a certain skill set on social media, or on LinkedIn, or Facebook, wherever it is that you're seeing it. Um, and work on your own network too. I think that's really important that the people around you know what kind of work you specialize in and what you want to be doing so that when things come up that they see that perhaps you haven't, they can recommend you for it. Um, and then I guess the, the main thing is to make sure that when you are getting yourself in front of someone hiring for a project, that your work represents that project. Don't leave it up to them to poke around your portfolio and be like, okay, Let me look for the type of work that's most similar to what I'm doing. Make it easy for them. Give them a link to it. I had a few people when I put out this call for my book design um, role that I'm hiring for project who just sent a link to their website. And then I was like looking, scrolling through it. Oh, finally. Yeah. Now (laughs) I see some sort of like print layout design. This is relevant to me. Like, why didn't you link to this first? (laughs) You know? And uh, highlight any experience you have. Treat it like applying for a job, really. You know, if you can say that you enjoy the company or that you're, I don't know, have some sort of connection to it, that's always going to put you ahead of someone who doesn't because we're going to feel like you get our brand more, you know, um, than someone who has never heard of us before. Um, Yeah, I think that would be my advice. Yeah. That's jam-packed advice. I was only going to advise about building the network, which you already touched on perfectly. So I think (laughs) that's a great piece of rounded advice uh, to end on for this episode. And thanks, Charlie, for bringing this uh, topic up. I know this came through your Inside Marketing Design podcast, which we should plug again. People should go and check that out and listen to. Uh, So this was very interesting to discuss. Um, If people want to hear more episodes from us, where can they go? They should go to designlife.fm to hear more episodes of this show. This is definitely a show where you're going to find a very wide range of topics, but they're always to do with (laughs) design, side projects, being a creative professional, that type of thing. And we're always interested to hear in what you would like us to discuss as well so feel free to tweet us we are at design life fm and we are always open for your suggestions of show topics and you can also join our community uh, we have several folks in there it's on our patreon slash design life i think is the the url i think it is uh, so <laughs> you can search for us on patreon and we'd love to have you as part of our community as well woo Well, nice talking to you, fam. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye.